The Mommy Wines Podcast is a Mommy Wines Network and Emma Don production. Brought to you by Coffee Over Cardio, NakedWines.com, and Zaya Active. Okay, so maybe this summer wasn't the summer my body was bikini ready, but that's not going to discourage me from trying to keep up my motivation and accomplish my health and fitness goals. A few things I love when I'm out there flexing my mom bod are my no lace Puma trainers, a good Whitney Simmons workout routine, go follow her on IG if you're not already, and of course my Zaya Active wear. Zaya Active is a Utah-based premium active lifestyle brand, however, without the premium price tag. Though I may be skimping on my portions these days, the people over at Zaya Active are definitely not skimping on their quality. The light and tight leggings are ideal for any mom who's out there moving in a groovin' with sweat wicking, moisture control, breathable, squat-proof, anti-odor, and compressive materials. Nothing beats Zaya Active. I feel instantly slimmer when I put on my light and tights, and the best part is they don't budge during my workouts or even busy days. So no tugging or wiggling or pulling them up. Zaya has something for the whole family with the growing and popular men's collection in new kids items. So go get cozy and shop the fall into fitness event at myzaya.com backslash emadon for a chance to win a pair of leggings. If you are interested in signing up to become a Zaya Active rep, either for the 25% discount or as a side hustle, go ahead and email mommywinespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and shoot me a message on Instagram at Emma underscore Dawn. You're a a sommelier? Is that... I am not. No, definitely no. No? Um, no. Uh, I am just the proprietor and uh, wine picker of this Wine place. picker? Um, <laughs> no, I mean... Well, that comes with some kind of expert title. Sure. I mean, I'm the owner <laughs> and, and manager and all that good stuff. Um, you know, but I guess the term sommelier, I would say, you know, is reserved for... Uh, People have actually gone through that certification. Now, I've, I've thought about it, and I'd like to do it um, if I ever have the time. Um, I think it would be a fascinating thing um, to experience because, I mean, there's so many different levels and everything like that. But, yeah, I mean, no, I have not gone through that, like, for official certification um, at all. But it would be something I would be interested in doing for sure. But, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm allowed to work with uh, several great wine brokers in the city um, that really helped me um, pick, you know, pick wines, and and I taste a lot of wines and stuff like that. So I mean, what but, is a wine broker? How do I get that job? Because I'm a financial <laughs> broker, but um, wine is more fun than numbers. <laughs> true. So I mean, there's a handful of them in the state. Um, the ones I work with, there's Flora and Fauna, um, there's Vine Lore, and then I work with Young's Market as well. I would say those are the three primary brokers I work with. And essentially what they do, I mean, traditionally a broker in a state that is not Utah, that doesn't have like all its controls and everything like that, <laughs> they would be a person that would warehouse um, all the wine they represent. So they would go out to wherever wine's produced, so California, Italy, you know, wherever. 
and uh, meet with producers or um, distributors and things like that and be like I want to get their wine into my community and they would bring the wine into their community and they would warehouse it and then they would distribute it out to the wine stores or restaurants oh. or whatever like that so that's traditionally how a brokerage works um, in a state that's not Utah um, in Utah the wine brokers here because everything has to come through the state everything has to be sold to the state liquor store system the brokers go out you know to all these places too they they work with the wineries or they work with the distributors they pick up wines that they want to bring into the state and then they have to go to the state so there's the individual that works for the state um, that is in charge of bringing in all the wines and so they work directly with him and be like hey you know i have a wine i want to bring in or i have a wine maker i want to bring in um and it's just a very arbitrary process of how they select what wines are allowed to be bring into the state so um at the end of the day the brokers make money when um not necessarily when you go pick up the wine at the liquor store or a restaurant orders the wines to come into their restaurant um, they pick up, they make the money once the wine gets purchased by the state. Oh, um, okay. And so, or, and, and there's, and there's uh, spirit or liquor brokers in Utah. Um, a lot of these same brokerages, they represent um, spirit liquor companies. There's, there's different wa- beer brokers. Uh, Flora Fauna, he actually does beer brokerage now as well. So he's bringing in some really cool um, out-of-state beers. But yeah, it's just this way to navigate it. Um, so, I mean... What the wine brokers, what value they really bring to me is A, helping me pick out wines that we represent on the menu, and then B, I also am allowed to uh, meet with a lot of winemakers too. So sometimes they'll bring winemakers into the state or they'll bring representatives from this winery into the state and they'll bring them here and, um, and you know, I just get to talk with them and stuff like that. And so that's, that's super fun. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's a way to get a job there. <laughs> no idea they, I mean so if you ever go to like an event at, uh, like Tracy Aviary um, or even the Italian festival that's coming up next weekend down in Gateway um, though you know there'll be people there pouring beer and people there pouring wine Vine Lore one of, one of the brokers I work with they'll be there pouring um, wines wines that are on their portfolio and everything like that um, and so that's kind of what their job is but at the end of the day their, their job is to convince the state to bring in certain wines and to meet with like restaurants and things like that to get their wines on their wine list. So that's kind of the function. I should get out more. <laughs> Unless I'm doing a podcast, I normally just, or have to go to the office. I don't really, I don't do anything. I think, I don't think it would be as hard of a transition since I am newer to the area mm-hmm. if I would just get out of my comfort zone and out of my neighborhood and like do more things, but. Uh, yeah, it's rough. I, mean, I know. I, I very rarely ever get to go out and experience a life. No. <laughs> I, say, I get to have a lot of fun. And part of my fun is this. I enjoy picking these wines. I, uh, it's fun. Um, before I opened this, I mean, I definitely was not a very much a wine drinker, let alone had I ever put together a wine list. Uh, my passion with wines had definitely come... Uh, just actually just learning more about the processes of wine and um, all that goes into it. Um, and so that's kind of the rabbit hole I've gone down into and, um, and it's an interesting world. So that's kind of where I've really been having a lot of fun doing this. Um, it's just kind of learning all this little tidbit and information and education and everything like that. 
hence why ultimately I would love to go do like the sommelier program um because it's just another learning component so definitely I say do it hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> one day it, uh, it was a possibility I don't think they're they offer I don't think there's actually any uh sommelier certification program in the state of Utah there are sommeliers like that have gone through the program um, in Utah, but I think the majority of them, I shouldn't even say that, I'm almost positive all of them have had to go through the certification outside of Utah. Um, and it's it not you, not an issue with Utah necessarily. I think there's only like a handful of locations where it's actually just taught. Um, and so that's part of the whole thing too, is I would have to take a lot of time off to go there and, uh, and go through the process. So, but yeah. It's a, it's a commitment for sure. Yeah, it is a commitment. That's one of the things. I love working with uh, my main sponsor, which is NakedWines.com. Mm-hmm. They're out of uh, Napa, California, and my palate is being more refined. Because before, I was like, yeah, I like wine. <laughs> I, I don't like beer. And liquor in college was fine. <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to be getting white girl wasted on you know 16 washington apple shots (laughs) it's horrible it's time to grow up and then i started drinking wine and it was like way more mellow just chilling hanging out and then i would taste different ones try different ones and eventually i found one that i loved and then i just stuck with it but now that i'm getting the experience and getting out, meeting people, having people on the podcast, trying new things. I think my palate is becoming more elegant. Cool. And yeah, and so I have <laughs> I have three wines that I brought. Um, these are wines that are on our on our menu. These are um, from my personal uh, collection. And by collection, I think I have like a total of like 15 bottles of wine, <laughs> 20 bottles of wine. That's a collection. Um, so, um, but they're all very different, um, and that's kind of why I chose these three wines. So, uh, to kind of explain like what we do here um, at We Olive in regards to our wine bar is we focus solely on uh, domestic wines. Um, so these wines all come from California. Nice. We do on our wine menu. We do have California. We have Oregon. We have Washington. We've had New York before. We have a New Mexico uh, sparkling wine on the menu currently. Um, so we just try to focus on domestic wines. New Mexico, that's one I have not heard yeah, of Yeah, so it's called uh, Gruet. It's a, it's a spark, they primarily uh, do sparkling wine, um, but it's really, really good though. Really? Yeah, it's really, really good. So they make tons of different sparkling wines. The, the sparkling rosé is what we currently have on the menu, um, and it's a very popular wine. Uh, we've had it on before, and it generally sells pretty, pretty good. Um, and so... So yeah, these are all California wines. They're different in the sense that uh, one thing we also focus on is uh, production size. So a lot of these large wineries, because there's so much, I mean, with the wine world, uh, especially in like California, has been condensed down to a very few um, ownership groups. Um, and so those ownership groups, you know, they, they'll change the label. So like the Smith & Hook wine is produced by the Hahn family, which the Hahn family, they're not a huge conglomerate in California by any stretch, but they they produce a lot of different wines under different labels in California. So this is their Smith & Hook Cabernet. Then we have Bump. Um, they come from Sonoma Valley. They're kind of more medium producers. So, I mean, like, Smith & Hook produces, like, somewhere around 48,000 cases um, a year. 
Bump produces kind of more about 4,000 cases a year, and then Donkey and Goat produces uh, 70 cases a year of this wine, of these specific wines. Um, each wine can vary, obviously. So we try to focus on production size is one thing, and then independent ownership. So these two wines would be more wines that we would carry in our, uh, our wine list, but that's not to say there's nothing bad with this wine. It's more or less we're trying to create a different experience um, by saying, hey, look at all these kind of different things that are going on in the wine world. Um, and kind of a niche that we've carved out, carved out ourselves is natural wines, and that's where this donkey and goat would fall into play. Um, this is a completely natural wine where um, it's very minimalist uh, intervention. They don't add anything to the wine, and they don't remove anything from the wine either. Um, so this is a Merlot. You can see they hold it up to the light, the oh. sediment. It's cloudy. Um, they don't filter or uh, fine the wine at all. Um, so that's where this cloudiness and the sediment exists. Um, but this is their Merlot, which is kind of their cult wine um, that they have a lot of followers um, just go nuts over. And I actually just barely got this bottle not too long ago. Um, so I'm pretty uh, excited to drink it. Um, bump I've had for a while. I've went, I've been to their winery in Sonoma, um, their tasting room. Fabulous wine. This is uh, one of their field blends. Primarily, they get all their um, vineyard or grapes uh, in the Sonoma Sonoma County area. And then Smith and Hook Cabernet. They used to have uh, a Smith vineyard and a Hook vineyard, and then they figured that they would no longer plant in those specific vineyards. Hence, where the name came from. They now source the grapes for their Cabernet further down the coast in the central coast in like Paso Robles um, and then the the vineyards Smith and Hook they produce primarily produce Pinot Noir and Chardonnay now because it was more um, appropriate for uh, that climate and that region but uh, Cabernet that's kind of their bread and butter it's what they produce um, the most of under this label and it's still a really good wine so so yeah so we get to have like a little spectrum um, of different things and then uh, this is what I love about the wine world uh, at the end of the day is that <clears throat> each wine these wines is gonna just taste different but doesn't mean that they're going I mean not different because they're different varietals but different just different uh, wine taking or wine making um, thought processes and uh, and just low intervention or you know high intervention just depending on what the winery wants to do so yeah that's exciting. Yeah. Which one's standing out to you? Well, I love whites. Okay. So the goat one, I'm excited. However, I was not aware there were going to be chunks. So hopefully there's That no usually chunks. will come down to the bottom. That will get to the bottom of the bottle. So we don't need to worry about that. But I'm super with. interested in natural wines. Not yeah. only is it no knowledge that you get less of a hangover if you get <laughs> <laughs> a little wild on a natural wine yeah it's my experience the process is <laughs> is that it the process is just fascinating to me yeah and that's kind of where um my first foray into natural wine was uh there used to be a gentleman that lived here in salt lake named evan lewandowski he owned a natural winery here in Salt Lake that many people did not know about um, called Ruth Lewandowski Wines, and it was all natural wine. Um, the grapes were not grown in Utah. Um, they were grown in California, but he would go pick the grapes himself and everything, and the wine was all made and bottled here in Salt Lake. 
Um, he has since moved to California, um, and he'll well, be. Well, that having, seems like an easier process. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it was just too good of an opportunity for him to pass, and um, he'll start making wines. That's going to be called Wild Ruth Ranch. Um, we do still have some Ruth Lewandowski wines here on the menu, in fact, but uh, they're harder to come by since uh, you can't buy it directly at the winery anymore, and the state does not carry it. Um, so that was kind of my first foray into to natural wines, and um, after like going to his winery and, and tasting his wines, I just kind of uh, was like, oh man, this is uh, interesting. This is everything that was the opposite I ever learned about wine, because my education from wine came from culinary school, and uh, and so it just kind of really flipped that whole that whole knowledge I had upside down, and so I've just kind of gone down that rabbit hole. I discovered donkey and goat off chance. This winemaker, actually one of them, it's a husband and wife. The husband is actually from Utah originally. Um, off chance, got to meet him while I was at the winery. Uh, it was kind of just an interesting thing. So, so yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I love the the wine culture here in Utah. It's not like anything I've ever seen in any <laughs> other city. What, what do you think is different about it? it? It's just, I don't know. I think... There's definitely people who love wine in other cities, Mm -hmm. but I feel like when you meet someone who's into wine, but they are from here or they live here, they are so much like more educated because, and I don't know, maybe it's just the the culture, but I've, I've learned so much about wine in the year that I've lived here than since I started drinking it like four or five years ago. Really? That's cool. It is cool. So, you've had Merlot, I assume, before, Yeah, right? okay. I've tried almost everything. Merlot is not a very popular wine these days, and a lot of people attribute it to the movie um, Sideways, that people don't drink Merlot much anymore. I don't think I've ever seen Sideways. Uh, there's a part in the movie where he's at a winery, and he's all drunk, and um, I can't remember. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but like he just starts screaming, like, that better not be fucking Merlot, and like... <laughs> Like goes off on Merlot, and but he, um, and then also in the movie, he his favorite grape was Pinot Noir, and then like since that movie had came out, I mean it's been over ten years, I think. Um, I've definitely heard of it. Sales for Merlot have plummeted, and then Pinot Noir has gone like that. Really? So it's interesting how like pop culture can have an influence on things. So, anyways, this is a Merlot. You're going to try it here, and I don't think you would have ever thought this, like, you'd be like, oh, I'm drinking a Merlot right now. Really? Like, there's certain characteristics that would make you think it's Merlot, but, like, as far as the production method and everything like that, this is going to drink more like a a white wine for you. It smells good. Yeah, it smells really good. And it's, I don't think I've ever had a Merlot that's this color. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's like this kind of just a magenta almost kind of quality. Mm. You like it? That's good, yeah. So, I mean, it's really, really different. Um, and that's what I like about the natural wines. It's just kind of like this whole different take on wines. Like, this is what it could be. And and that's the whole point of, like, this low-intervention, minimalistic approach to it is that they're just kind of really allowing the grape, you know, the terroir in that specific year that the grape was grown kind of do its own thing and not try to... Uh, like just recreate a recipe so i like it it's good i like it this is Merlot. good i've never had this before and I'm it's really clean it's just very clean like there's no like bitter or sour aftertaste nothing it's no. just it has like simple. the perfect acid yeah 
Yeah, I like this a lot. That's a good one. So sure. we do carry a donkey and goat wine on our menu. It's a, a white blend of theirs that is also really, really good. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked on this one. <laughs> I like it. Can, can you get this one in Utah? Can you buy it here or no? No, you can't. Of I, course uh, not. I, You're I, just teasing I, me. I smuggled this wine into the state. <laughs> you smuggled it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I broke the law like every other person that lives here. <laughs> well, cheers to that. Um, because so. once a month I spend three hours in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of, I'm just not even sure. I know a lot of people that can relate to that, so. I think almost everyone that drinks has done yeah. it at least once. For sure. I used to drive back and forth all the time between Evanston and Salt Lake as a kid. Well, a kid, like a 21-year-old. Oh. <laughs> Like, I'm going to go get some sweet booze. No. <laughs> oh, in Wyoming? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Let's go get the keg. <laughs> Those are my experiences. Oh, so. yeah. Can you... I None of the liquor stores that I've been in, you can even get a keg. No, it's illegal. Oh, that's something I did not know. You can get... Ke- I mean, obviously, like, if I had a draft system here, I could have kegs of beer. But no individual consumer can go anywhere to go buy a keg for themselves. I think the only place you can actually is Hill Air Force Base. And I'm not even 100% (laughs) sure on that. It's always what I've heard. But I don't know if that's actually true. But it would make sense because that's not under the state uh, jurisdiction. It's under the federal jurisdiction. And so... Mm. um, Yeah, I didn't even think about that until now. When you're like, I'm going to go get a keg. But I'm just thinking like back on my college days when I was 21. They were basically at every single frat party (laughs) and i'm just thinking i'm like there's like a million universities or colleges in this area and none of those kids are gonna do a keg stand not a single one and i feel like that is a rite of passage it's true (laughs) you gotta be 20 not 21 you have to be 20 (laughs) if you're gonna do a keg stand it's just one of the things that you have to do when you're growing up and going through school I actually don't think I ever did a keg, a keg stand. You gotta do it. I'm trying to think back, and I really don't think I ever I did. I think I passed a brewery, so... <laughs> hey, would you mind... I know this is totally against the law, but would you mind if I uh, go back there real quick and do a keg stand? It's on a checklist. Bucket list. <laughs> a bucket list. It uh, has to be on your bucket list. Maybe like, sir, you've already been drinking too much. You gotta leave the premise. <laughs> I got so lost trying to come here. Did I you? Lo- yeah, I lo- I actually love Trolley Square. I've only been here one time, but I love it. It's I think it's so cute, and I'm surprised that there's so many openings because this is probably the cutest area in all of Salt Lake. Oh uh, yeah, Trolley Square is awesome. City um, Creek sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I this grew- should be the City Creek. I essentially grew up within a 15 mile radius of trolley square. So my entire existence in Salt Lake is like a 15 mile radius around trolley square in either direction. And I mean, I lived in New York City for a while, but outside of living there, like I've lived in Salt Lake most of my life. And uh, yeah, trolley square rocks. Um, It's cute, like you said, yeah, for (laughs) sure. Uh, It's super cute. You know, I bought a slut t-shirt here once. You bought a what? <laughs> the SL comma oh, UT. <laughs> I'm sure you bought it at, uh, what's it called? Uh, 
some like gift shop. Cabin fever. Yeah, maybe. It was yeah. like some gift shop style little. They sell some good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, no, I mean, I wish that there were more, there are more businesses coming here, actually. There's a Chinese restaurant that's opening next to us um, sooner or later. Um, trolley Wing Company. So, back in the day, uh, that trolley that's right out the doors here um, used to be occupied what was called the Trolley Wing Company. Um, one of the old owners, when they built the Whole Foods, had the trolley car taken out, moved Trolley Wing Company inside, and then got rid of the trolley car. And then Trolley Wing Company left, they opened up in Sugar House. Um, they have their place in Sugar House that's really, really successful. And I think now they have a location in Midvale. But anyways, uh, the current owner, when he decided to put the trolley car back in, Trolley Wing Company immediately came and was like, we want to go back in the trolley car. Um, so there's a lot of people that are stoked on that. So what is that. it, like a buffalo wing? Yeah, just buffalo, yeah, literally, chicken wings. So it's like a, like a food truck yeah. in a, train car yeah oh, it just doesn't cute. move yeah exactly um so they have a little patio out there um i think you'll be able to get beer and stuff too um back when it was in the trolley car back in the day uh it was um i think it was 21 and older um so yeah so people are stoked on that um there's a few businesses inside that are opening soon so there's a lot going on um but yeah they're definitely would like to get some more, but thank you for uh, letting everyone know that we're in Trolley Square. I failed to, men- failed to mention that. <laughs> yes, we are at We Olive in Trolley Square, Salt Lake City. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's a you know Trolley Square is a good point or a good place, and I'm glad uh, you think it's cute and enjoy it here. So. I do. Good. Um, but yeah, we've been here now for almost three years, so time goes by fast. How long have you guys been open? Like, were you, um, did you have another location before you moved here? Well, so, when we first opened, it'll be three years November. Um, we had a temporary pop-up shop inside, uh, in tro- inside Trolley Square. And then we were there through the holiday season while the space that we're currently in is, uh, was being built. Um, and then we transitioned over here in February, like, a little over two and a half years ago. Um and opened up here that February. So in this space, we've been in here for a little over two and a half years. In total, we've been open for almost three years though. So, nice. Yeah. Is this the only one? It's the only one in Utah. So we are, yeah, We Olive is a California-based company. Um, majority of locations are based in California. Um, outside of California, there's only a handful, Utah being one of them. Um, part of the attraction was that uh, you look in Salt Lake, there's not a lot of wine bars. There's a lot of places that call themselves wine bars that serve wine, have great wine lists. Like, don't discount that at all. But there's not like, there's not really a wine bar doing what we're doing in the sense that you come here, you can taste a bunch of wines. We offer everything by the taste. We do featured flights. You can build your own flights. Um, so this is kind of a wine bar component where it really is geared towards the customer experience. Um, and being able to just taste their way through um, all their offerings. And, um, and that's what I enjoy about what we do. And it's kind of a unique component that does not exist in uh, Utah. So Very cool. Yeah. It's cute in here. Well, thank you. So- I don't deserve that credit, though. <laughs> uh, the, uh, my, the majority owner and the backbone of We Olive is actually my mother. Uh, so she's a commercial Aww. interior designer. 
and she does that career full-time regularly so as far as the design goes and everything 100% her I would not ever uh, dare tell her what to do when it comes to design so um, that'd be a grave mistake um, so well, yeah you might get put in timeout. Yeah. yeah exactly uh, I'd love to see that no mom that's what I'm constantly being told nowadays. Oh, I'm sure. How no, old's your kid? He's going to be three this month. Jeez. Yeah, he's at that age. No. Yep, everything's no. You know, primarily what we do here is a, uh, we're an olive oil store. Um, and just kind of like what I was saying with the, um, the wines in the sense of like, we try to focus on small production and kind of these unique products. We do the same thing with olive oil. Um, it's all California olive oil. It's all small production. We buy directly from the farmers. Um, it all goes through like rigorous certification programming in California. It's super fresh. Um, I mean, essentially, is the freshest olive oil you'd be able to find on the market, which is you know kind of a cool um, yeah. selling point um, since you know it doesn't have to travel long distances here. Um, there is a lot of controversy with uh, oils coming from Europe and. Um, yeah, so, you know, doing what we do here, what we're really trying, like I said, is cater to is just a customer experience and, uh, you know, everything in the store, not just our wines, but, um, all our, our retail product is, uh, available for sample as well. Um, so people can come in here and taste through their olive oils, through all our food products and, uh, it's a good time. So this is a good place to get like a foodie gift. Like Absolutely. A birthdays, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas. It's not the, like, an average everyday kind of thing. No. It's a little special. No, yeah, come holiday season, which is coming Real fast. Real fast. Furious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've already been in holiday mode since May. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, that's fine, because this year, I feel like, is the fastest year of my life. Yeah. Like, it's gone by so quick. It really has. You're I'm going right. to be 30 next month. Oh, you young little... So I'm <laughs> getting old. <laughs> no, 30 is awesome. Say goodbye to 20s. No, I can't. All right. I'm not ready. I enjoyed my 20s, but I very much prefer my 30s so far. That's um, what everyone says. Yeah. I think 30s where it's at. Uh, I'll probably feel different. I don't know. We'll see. 40, 40 seems to be sneaking up on me really fast. Who wouldn't love to have delicious, crafted indie wines delivered directly to their door? No joke. I would love that. Sounds like heaven. But just because I can't, thanks Utah, doesn't mean that I'm going to keep this deal from you. Head on over to NakedWines.com and use code MOMMYWINES50 to get your first six bottles for only $34.99. Go, do it. And then rub it in my face on Instagram. <laughs> Tag me and Naked Wines and share the bottles that you got in your delivery on Instagram. Mommy Wines, 50, $34.99, do it. Um, yeah, but you're absolutely right though. Great foodie gifts, for sure. Um, we got a lot of cool products. We carry a lot of local products. Um, I'm looking at our Bloody Mary mix that we uh, sell up front. <laughs> um, it's made by a local company up in Ogden, and it's just phenomenal stuff. Um, since we brought it in, it's just been selling off the shelf like crazy. Um, so, so, yeah, definitely a great location to come and pick up a, 
a gift. I wish we could sell all wine off the shelf. Uh, <laughs> that would be sweet because um, I'm sure we could definitely get a lot of people coming in here buying wine for whatever occasion. But last, we are in Utah. Just have to get a gift card. <laughs> exactly. Make the person not be a lazy bum and come all the way down or up, depending on where you live. <laughs> Who knows? I actually, surprisingly, I looked at the analytics and I got a new analytics program mm -hmm. connected to my podcast and I have way more Utah listeners than I really would have thought I had really so that's exciting so you might have some people stop in and be like hey I heard you talking I thought I'd come on by. does it tell you where in Utah they're listening <laughs> no it just, just gives me a count yeah okay. but yeah it used to only be broken down by country okay and now it's broken down by like regions and states here in the U.S., so that's exciting. So, how do you get the word out about your yourself and your podcast and everything like that? I do. I think one of the most powerful tools when it comes to marketing is a program called Tailwind. Okay. I use it. It's my Instagram and Pinterest scheduler. It's been amazing. I'm obsessed with it. And they have, uh, you can connect links to like your Pinterest posts. Videos are now available on Pinterest. Um, they have like a hashtag finder, which like they'll analyze your post and then recommend hashtags that would give you the most traffic. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been using, well, I started my motherhood and lifestyle blog when I was pregnant with my son. And I got Tailwind when it first started. They reached out to a bunch of bloggers to kind of try it out and see what you people yeah. thought. Test it in beta? Yeah. Sweet. And so I tried it when, um, and I used it as a marketing program for my blog, and then my blog exploded. Um, and I did that solely as a job for a while when I was staying home with Milo. And then now I've just continued using it until one keeps getting better and better. I recommend it to everybody. Brick and mortar, online, anything so you get some of that sweet sweet perk stuff because you're an early adopter too do they take good care of you sweet i do good. <laughs> good i do i get to know everything i didn't i've known videos were coming to pinterest for about a year and a half yeah and i'm like i posted my first video on pinterest the other day and i'm like oh my god this is the greatest because as a blogger and it's one of the reasons why i actually started my podcast is um people were like oh you should start a youtube channel mm -hmm. and i'm like okay i tried it but i'm not somebody who needs to be like in front of the camera i was very uncomfortable and i had to edit those videos and it, it, it was like a sit-down video. I was just staring at myself, and it was so cringy. So I was like, okay, this isn't my thing. Like you had a camera pointed at you, and you were just talking out of the camera? Yeah, okay. because people yeah, stopped. I, I couldn't handle that. People stopped reading. You know, people are lazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they got to they gotta consume things with their eyes. Right. It's 2019 now, so yeah. people were getting lazy. Um, they didn't want to read articles anymore. They wanted to watch a video or, or whatever. So mm -hmm. they're like, oh, start a YouTube channel. Hated it. So then I thought of the idea for my podcast, started that, and they love it. So now they listen and they don't read because they're lazy bums. Thank but, you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the podcast has been super fun and I'm definitely more comfortable behind a mic than I am in front of a camera. I hear you. I don't like the camera either. It no. freaks me out. 
it's weird too because I'm one of those like people on social media that like the moms everybody hates the one that posts like a million pictures of her kid and like nothing else that is my Instagram it's 500 pictures of my kid because he's so cute he's way cuter than me I'm like you guys would rather see Milo I'm sure <laughs> than a selfie picture of me well, just thank God that there's someone posting stuff on uh, Instagram that, like, actually means something to him other than, like, holding up a popsicle. you like, check out this popsicle I bought at Lagoon. <laughs> cool. That makes me want to go to Lagoon now. Oh, I've uh, been to Lagoon, and it is a terrifying place. <laughs> I went to Lagoon for a friend's bachelor party a few weeks ago. What? Yeah. It was That's a, the it was, most it was random. It was a riot. <laughs> Uh, no, it was very random. Um, it was all completely nostalgia because it was something, um, as teenagers, this, this group of friends, uh, we used to do, um, for each other's birthdays. Well, not really my birthday because I have a winter birthday, but the summer and fall birthdays, we always seemed to go to the lagoon, just get stupid drunk and ride a bunch of rides. Um. (laughs) So yeah, so a buddy of mine is getting married in, in Colorado next month, and we did a bachelor party for him, or like, you know, a lot of my friends now have kids, and like one just went back to law school, and uh, so like trying to get everyone on the same page to go do something, or like, this is just turning into a logistical nightmare. Um, so we decided, oh, let's just fly our friend back from Colorado to here, and go to Lagoon. <laughs> So we texted him and was like, yo, you want to do this? And he's like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> he was all about it. It was a great time. It was just, there were supposed to be more of us, but it ended up only being four of us, which is actually perfect since, the, you know, everything rides in twos and everything right. like that. And so, yeah, just uh, drink a bunch of alcohol, went on a bunch of rides, and it was a good time. Yeah. I feel like if I were to ever go back to Lagoon, which I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that I never do, because it's a terrifying experience, I would have to be drunk. Because there was a ride. So I went, waiting in line to get on a roller coaster. And it's like an older wooden one. Oh, the white roller coaster. Yes. And the ride starts going, and I'm waiting in line. And I see like a bolt or like a nut or something fall (laughs) off. And I am like, I'm not getting on. I'm not getting on. And it was uh, my boyfriend at the time. We recently just broke up. But sorry. It's okay. Well, we were there, and I'm like, I'm not getting on this ride. This is, I'm going to die. <laughs> and he's like, it's fine. It's been around for like, I don't know, 100 years. Yeah, it's the oldest uh, And I'm like, well, that's not comforting. <laughs> that's more of a reason to not ride this if it's been around for 100 years. And... I ended up riding it, mm-hmm. and I obviously survived, mm-hmm. so there's that. Um, Cheers. That's all that matters. Yeah, but it was <laughs> thanks. It was very scary. And but no, I hear you. I think I got whiplash. Probably, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, the white roller coaster, I mean, as a kid, that was the jam. And then as you got older, and it's gotten older, it's just, as you got older and the ride got older, just became rickety and <laughs> yeah every time i've ever gone on it like in my adult life i'm always like just ride's totally gonna break down but never does though it just keeps going so <laughs> i don't know what kind of steroids they give that ride but 
doesn't quit. Well, I don't know how long ago or how many years they painted it white, but it it's is actually no anymore. longer yeah, white. <laughs> Everyone has called it the white roller coaster, yeah. though, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't think it's white. No, it's, it's, it's tan. <laughs> At best. Um, you call it wood. wood. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, it's I would a, call it wood and broken. <laughs> but yeah, it used to be white, and then it was always like chipping off. I'm sure they had to paint it every year, and probably ultimately they realized we probably throw thousands of dollars every year to just keep this ride functioning. Why are we still painting this thing? Just stop painting it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because if you get up close and you look at it, it's not built out of wood that does like I feel like would be naturally painted. No, like it's, it's not, not yeah. like groomed wood Mm -hmm. it's just strong wood it's not it's not like a deck or a balcony or something you know and it's outside year round and so whatever you paint it's gonna start chipping on it it's not built to really be painted it's all the conditions are wrong so (laughs) but yeah no it was always white so everyone just called it the white roller coaster i actually don't even know if that's the actual name of the roller coaster it is just by default (laughs) the white roller coaster so they used to be white roller coaster i mean i think the other ride the (laughs) one that does the two loops oh everyone calls that the colossus yeah um but i actually think that ride's called like something dragon (laughs) (laughs) but like because it's been called colossus forever that's what everyone calls it so but one thing i will say about lagoon if you want to have a really bad time go ride the bat like that will kill any momentum you have going at lagoon like if you just want to all of a sudden want to be like i'm done let's say you have teenager kids and they're people you know they're not young kids but like you're just like okay i want to go home how do i get these kids to stop <laughs> go throw them on the back they'll hate that ride and they'll be like you just ruined this this whole damn experience for me take me home now um it's awful so where is that one at like uh, what the, is it like a sit-down roller coaster? Is it like a swing? So it's one that you're whatever kind of hanging from, but not really. And, you know, generally those roller coasters are pretty, like, legit and cool. No, this is slow. It's boring. It's like five five-second ride. Um, <laughs> there's nothing cool about it. And if you're listening, anyone that has control over Lagoon, get, get rid of that ride. <laughs> You're doing a disservice to everyone. <laughs> Maybe they're keeping it for the reason you explained. Maybe. It's like, okay, we're going to make this the last ride. Oh, man. I remember, I remember one time, same group of friends, not for the bachelor party, but we all, it was a different time years ago, and we all went. We hadn't been on that ride in years, and we all decided to go, and all, so we all get off. We're like, what the fuck do we just do? Let's get the <laughs> hell out of here. Suck. So we left. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But they just opened a beer garden at Lagoon, which I never thought I would see. I didn't see it. Oh, wait, no, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. It was like a night-looking like yeah. kingdom. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. And it's actually fairly reasonably priced for what I would think an amusement park would sell beer at. And they allow kids in it, which I was also shocked by. So, kudos, Lagoon, for doing something kind of cool. Yeah, good job, Lagoon. I feel like... Actually, this has been distracting me. Is that sign on your counter the sign for people to check IDs? So are people so who are born says, in 1998 21 now? Yeah. Oh, you're, 
So Jesus if you were Christ. born September 8th, 1998, <laughs> you are now legally of age to come drink. Yeah. It's trippy, right? That's a little depressing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, I mean, when we get some older customers in here and they see that, they're like, what? What's this? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. No, it is a little depressing. It's, it's a weird thing to think about. Especially because before you turn 21, like, all you can think about is, like, I can't wait till I turn 21. And then you turn 21, and then time just, like, speeds up. So It does. Yeah. I have noticed that. It definitely speeds up. I mean, I remember when I was a 20-year-old, 20, 20 all I wanted to do was go to all these cool places that don't exist anymore anymore that um, and do concerts. They, they get cool bands and have cool concerts. And... Um, I was never of age because they're always 21 and older. My <laughs> oldest brother actually was serving an LDS mission at the time. And I wrote him an email saying, hey, send your driver's license home, please, so I can use it. <laughs> and my mom was all about it. I mean, I grew up LDS. I wasn't going to church in that particular moment in time. Um, and I have, you know, since altogether stopped going. And uh, my mom was all about it. She's like, yeah. She's like, he's not doing anything with it. You should totally get it. Because I'd always like, I want to go to these concerts. And um, he refused to. And I was like, you dick. <laughs> Where was he at? Was it somewhere Nowhere super far cool. away? No, he was in uh, Spokane, Washington. So oh. I mean, <laughs> freaking uh, the first year of his mission, I'd get a phone call from him from one, one, like once a month. And back then, it was you would get only allowed like two calls a year to call home. And generally, everyone would pick would be Mother's Day and Christmas. Yeah. And so, so that was the rule they've changed it now it's a completely different rule now but when he was on a mission that was the rule but when he first got out there i probably got a phone call from him like i don't know yeah it was about once a month and i pick up the phone and i'm like why are you calling me just going to see what's going on and i'm like aren't you on a mission aren't you supposed to be doing something um so yeah i i cannot wrap my head around this mission thing I am so afraid of raising my son here because what if they get into his head and then he goes to some crazy country and is not allowed to like call or whatever? Well, that's changed. My See. grandpa didn't even let me go to Daytona Beach on spring break. There's no way I'm going to let my 18-year-old little baby go to some random country somewhere and like start talking to strangers. Stranger danger. I hear you. They're protected though. They are. And it's changed now. You're actually allowed to call home I think once a month or something like that. You can actually use Skype now and stuff like that. Oh jeez. Um, so it's changed. I don't even remember what the rule is now, but um but yeah, I mean the mission I it's appealing. It's appealing in the sense of like going two years of just helping people, but like converting people to a religion that doesn't sound attractive so i'll join i'll join the peace corps at that point yeah go and like build a hospital yeah. or something there you go i 100 agree leave leave people in their homes alone so um that just scares me i'm sure milo will be fine i'm sure he'll he'll dodge that yeah i don't think he's gonna go his grandma, though, is, like, she's real into it. She, like, teaches kids, like, Sunday school and everything, uh, but, like, she's six hours away, or four. However she, far is Bryce. <laughs> does she listen to this podcast? No. Okay. Just like, oh, maybe we should know. 
No, she doesn't listen. All right. If she wants to listen to me drunk, I'll just answer her phone calls. <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> no, she's a busy lady, though. She's too... She has things going on. I have not finished this. Well, take your time. I know her. Well, okay. So let's go ahead and get into confessions. Because my confession... And as a wine enthusiast, you might be a little disappointed. Two giant bottles, like the fat big bottles. Mm-hmm, seven, the magnums. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm not I'm not drinking a 40 out of a plastic oh, bag. Right. I'm talking about like big bottles of wine. Not like these though. <laughs> no, like the bigger, bigger ones than those. Of uh, Sutter Home Moscato this weekend. So it I, now that this weekend is coming to an end, I'm struggling a little bit not one <laughs> sitting i hope Mm-mm. okay good no. how are you walking right now <laughs> how are you here um yeah that'd be a, that'd be pretty intense yeah. um so did you have a rough weekend yeah well i do a, i do all of the recordings um every other weekend when my son is with his dad mm-hmm. and now that i've taken the podcast solo um, I'm doing them all myself. <laughs> and I decided that I wanted to reach out to some people to see if they wanted to be guests. And every single person that I reached out to agreed. So I reached out to them on Instagram and I was like, hey, um, I would love to have you as a guest on my podcast. Here are the dates that I have available. And I gave them this weekend and next weekend. And everyone said they wanted to do it either this weekend or next weekend. So I've this is my sixth podcast this weekend. And a lot. I know. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to not give out dates right ahead. You know, like I'm not going to lead with a date anymore because I don't want to be like, oh, okay, well, this booked now. So <laughs> let's move on. But yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to do six podcasts in a weekend again. It's a little much. That is a lot. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's a good decision. Yeah. And I haven't drank in a while, so I was just sitting there watching some Netflix. And next thing I know, a giant bottle of wine is gone. (laughs) Because I I heard, actually from NakedWines.com, that a bottle of wine that's under $10 is only 2% wine or something like that. Like, they, I don't know. I wonder if it's true. They had like, and that might be, I wouldn't quote me on it, but they have this thing where it's like, it tells you facts about wine and, and different things about grapes. And that was one of the facts that like, it's better to buy a, like a $12 bottle of wine than like a $9 bottle of wine, even though they're both affordable because like the cheaper the wine, the more they kind of dilute it. Okay. And... I don't know if it's true or not. It would not surprise me if that's true. But I'm like, okay, I kind of feel like it's true. Sure. Because I just drank a giant bottle of Sutter Home. Juice. <laughs> Wasn't that drunk, however, I woke up with like a rock in my stomach. That's, that's what it felt like. Yeah, I'm sure like I a did. rock. All the toxins in the non-organic bottle of wine. A rock, yeah. No, I bet that felt terrible. 
That sucks. What is your confession? Ooh. How deaf does this have to go? Anything you want. Do I have to bear my soul? (laughs) You can. You definitely can. Let's see. A confession. I don't think that this is is sinful in Utah. Uh Uh-oh. I hate... Did you kick a puppy? No. No. (laughs) No. I love puppies. (laughs) They're adorable. Um, No. I hate fry sauce. Mayo chop? Yeah. I hate it too. Cheers. Sin in Utah. Also, I don't like Cafe Rio. I had it once. I don't tell people these things. It was okay. I love Chipotle. I'm diehard Chipotle. One thing I don't like, and it's on every corner, is Costa Vida. Mm. I don't think I've ever had it. You're lucky. Good. It's just a worse Cafe Rio. All right. So if you don't like Cafe Rio, you're definitely not going to like Costa Vida. Let's see, there's got to be a better confession than that. Um... And I warned you. Yeah. You could have been thinking about a confession this whole time. It's true. I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't keep things away from people. I'm trying to think of something that like, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Let's come back to that. I'm going to think of something uh, a little bit more risque than uh, <laughs> that I don't like Cafe Rio, even though it is garbage. <laughs> it is Garbage. Garbage. It wasn't that bad. They have good rice, but everything else was just kind of okay. Well, so a friend of mine and I, the way we talk about it, she's like, she's like, Cafe Rio is an excuse for people to eat, claim that they're eating salad, when in reality all it is is a fucking burrito that hasn't been rolled. She's like, it's still just a fucking burrito. And I'm like, yes, thank you. It's a fucking open-faced burrito. That's all it is. You have the lettuce, you have the meat, the beans, the rice, the tortilla, the cheese. You got everything in there. It's just not rolled. And, uh, and then people are like, I just got the salad. I'm like, no, you got the giant-ass burrito. Problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the truth. It is the truth. I'm on to you, Cafe Rio. <laughs> Playing on people's uh, ignorance that you think that they think they're eating healthy because they're just eating a salad. <laughs> That's true, though. I've never gotten the salad at Chipotle, but I do get the bowl. But Chipotle is delicious. I agree. I agree. I'd much rather eat at Chipotle than um, Cafe Rio. So when I lived in New York, no, it's changed from when I lived there. But when I lived there, there was really no good Mexican food there. When I'm talking about Mexican food, I'm talking about like hole in the wall, greasy spoon, like, you know, Mm. when you're two in the morning drunk and I just want a fucking burrito like <laughs> yeah. Mexican food. Uh, that did not exist. And that was always bugging me. However, uh, you can get spaghetti any time of day. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you can get tons of great food and pizza. I mean, that became pizza. ultimately my like 2 a.m. drunk um, <laughs> stammering out of the bar. I mean, well, there it wasn't 2 a.m. It was 4 or 5 a.m. <laughs> stammering out of the bar. And be like, oh, I want a fucking slice of pizza. Let's get some za, bro. Um, so anyways, though, there was no real good Mexican food like that. Outside of there was like fine dining Mexican food, which was really, really good, the few that I had. But like, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, you got to eat cheap Mexican food. Yeah, exactly. And uh, 
the best thing I could find was a Chipotle, and Chipotle didn't exist in Utah at that time. It was uh, still, I think, primarily an East Coast thing. And uh, I went, there was a Chipotle by my apartment in Brooklyn, and I'd walk there um, when I wanted. I mean, it wouldn't be open at, you know, 2 a.m. It wasn't any place I could go to after the bar. But if ever I was just like, I just want some shitty-ass, dirty-ass Mexican food. <laughs> there we go. Let's go to Chipotle. Um, so, yes, I am... 100% agree with you. I'd much rather eat Chipotle than Cafe Rio. No. Well, now that I'm over here, for some reason, I don't know if there's Chipotles on the west side of Salt Lake. Probably not. Which is very disappointing. But now that I had to come all the way up here, I'm going to see if I can find one on my way home. One right over here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm never over on this like uh, side of the neighborhood. Or south and just a little bit east, off 700 east. It's in uh, it's right kind of by Hires Big H on uh, 400 south right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some Chipotle. So there is, there's one close by. And I think there might even be one downtown on Main Street. I don't know. But I definitely know there's that one over there. <laughs> um, I'm not obsessed with Chipotle, okay? <laughs> No, I it's just, okay if you are. It's a anyway. reasonable obsession. Well, also, so I am another reason why I like natural wine is I am vegan in my personal life, and oh. so there there are things that can go into conventional wines that make wines a lot of traditional wines uh, not vegan. Really? Um, like what? So there's a technique they use to like kind of clarify the wine. It's called fining. Um, so like, you know, you see this bottle of the Merlot and it's cloudy and it has that sediment and everything like that. Right. Um, whereas you look at this bottle, this red blend, even though it's in a darker bottle, you don't really see any of that kind of stuff. You hold it up close to the light. Oh yeah. Um, so the fining is a technique that like pulls out all those kind of impurities. Um, and what they do to fine wines is they either use, uh, egg whites or they use a fish bladder. Um, and so those are kind of the ways that they will clarify a wine. So, so yeah. That's gross. So, I'm going to go natural now. So it's funny though. I mean, a lot of vegans drink wine because they think that all it is is just grape juice. And it's right. Like, no, there's so much going on with it. And then like, they don't know about this, that, that their wines aren't vegans. <laughs> oh man. I hope there are vegans listening to the podcast and you just blew their mind. I did veg fest. Uh, last summer, so we do like a lot of festivals and markets and stuff. So last summer I did Veg Fest, and we, I was just selling the olive oil and stuff there. But you know, I was talking about the wine bar and everything. And you know, one thing I was trying to hit home with them is that we carry a lot of vegan wine options. And most of them just kind of look at me like, "Well, all wine's vegan." I'm like, "It's not. <laughs> it's not." Um, and so it just kind of was amazing to me. Um, the same girl that uh, I was referring to earlier when we were going off about uh, Cafe Rio's burritos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she, she's vegan as well. And she was just like, when I was kind of talking to her, she said, I didn't know that. And she knows a whole lot more than I do when it comes to like certain products and things like that. And she didn't even know that. So, and part of it is that wine, they don't have to put anything on the labels. You notice there's no ingredient right. label or anything like that. They don't have to put that kind of information um, there's no law requiring them to. So, so how is a vegan never to know if they can't ever read a label being like, oh, this was clarified with egg whites. So, That's crazy. I would have never thought. Right. So it's, an, it's another interesting thing. Is that one clarified with egg whites? This one? No. They okay. do. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember how. They should put the little V with a circle. 
There is a, a way that you can uh, define wine without uh, those two methods. Those are just the two most common methods because um, they're the cheaper of the methods. Uh, so I was about to say probably cost effective. Yeah. If you look on this bottle, it says unfined, unfiltered. 11%. 11% alcohol. And then they actually do list their ingredients. In another language. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know that word. Hannes. Oh, that's grapes in Spanish. That's oh. stupid. <laughs> Here, we'll go ahead and put our ingredients yeah, on, but in another language. Yeah. I don't know why they put it oh, in Spanish. Man. I'm going to... I should create a vegan wine, but put everything in a different language. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you read vegan labels, it is pretty much in a different language. That's true. You're like, what the hell? I was a vegetarian for about six years and then when I during my pregnancy with my son all I wanted was a spicy Italian sandwich from Subway and I think I had probably 50 spicy Italian sandwiches from Subway <laughs> and now I don't know I just kind of broke my diet <laughs> but it's probably a good thing now I eat meat again um, you know just too much of anything can be bad for you at times so I always switch things up. No, part of my <laughs> veganism is just because of health reasons. Yeah. Um, I had gotten sick several years ago and just all sorts of terrible stomach issues. So, so yeah. So, being coming vegan helped that tremendously. I know a lot of people who do it based on just dietary restrictions. Also, if anybody's, like, lactose intolerant, they'll mostly just turn... Because what's the point of eating meat if you can't have cheese? I would give up meat way before I would give up cheese. I'll be honest with you. Cheese is the one thing I have the hardest time with. <laughs> yeah. Because A, vegan cheese sucks. No, it's trash. Um, I have a friend that's been introducing me into some really good vegan cheese lately. But for the most part, yeah, it sucks. It's garbage. Um, and so, and yeah, cheese is just, I love cheese. So, sue me. <laughs> Sue me. Um, yeah, I hear you. Well, did you think of another confession? Or are you gonna stick with the mayo chip? Hmm. All right. Here's a confession. Not many people know this about me. As you may have guessed already, I already kind of disclosed that I grew up Mormon in this grand state of ours, Utah. <laughs> yeah. I love Utah. I really, really do. That's why I've been here this whole time. It's an interesting um, place to live. It is. So the confession I have that the majority of my family doesn't even know is that I've actually have had my name withdrawn from the church, which is a whole process that uh, I think a lot of members don't know about. And uh, if you do have like people on your podcast that have always been curious about that, it's pretty easy to take advantage of it. <laughs> so, so what do you do? You get to keep your 10% now? No. <laughs> I mean, you always can keep your 10%. I mean, I stopped paying tithing when I was 15, 16. Um, no, you just write a letter and explain why. I mean, literally, I wrote a letter. I got a letter back in the mail um, saying that they're actually referring to the matter to the bishop at the ward that I was zoned for, which is funny because it was the ward I actually primarily grew up going to. Uh, because I live pretty much in the same neighborhood. 
And uh, the bishop there now is one of my old young men leaders when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, damn it. No, why did you do this to me? <laughs> and then, uh, and then like literally like two days later, I got another mail letter in the mail. And they're like, uh, your request has been granted. Thank you. Like literally that's pretty much all it said. And I was like, sweet. So, but yeah, that's something my family doesn't know about me. Um, well, they might know now they if might. they're listening. They might. Well, you know, <laughs> part of the reason I've kind of kept it from my family all this time is that my uh, 95-year-old grandmother, who is devout and uh, definitely believes in, like, you know, the the whole aspect of the, the church and, um, and has faith and all that kind of stuff, she just passed away. Uh, but I was trying so that she would not ever find it because there's no reason for her to know. Oh. If I told like someone like my mom, my mom would tell her. And it's just like, no, there's no reason for a 95-year-old woman to ever know that kind of stuff when she's <laughs> knocking on death's doorstep and she has this like faith that like, you know, one day like her and I will be reunited in heaven or something like that. Oh, yeah. And so she's now passed away. And so now I feel liberated to be like, hey, <laughs> I did this several years ago, just so you know. Um, so maybe this will be the stepping stone of me uh, actually coming out about it to, uh, to my family. So Coming out. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a big deal. Oh, man. Um, I should, uh, it shouldn't be a problem, though. So, yeah. Well, I wish you luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll have your, to let you know how it goes. In the spreading of your wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it goes. Um, <laughs> the only person, updated. the only person I'm cu- curious more than anything is my my mom. Beyond that, I could care less what anyone else thought. But uh, clearly, uh, my mom would uh, be the one person that would uh, make me possibly feel bad and be like, "I disappointed my mom." Damn it! Aww. I hope Milo thinks like that when he's thirty. You know? Yeah. We'll, well see. You know, I was raised by a single mom too. So, you know, I'm definitely a mommy's boy. Um, I admit it proudly. My mom's a strong, independent, uh, hardworking individual. So I, uh, I will gladly declare that I am her son and I'm a, a mama's boy. Because so, she, uh, she's a badass. So she's a badass. She is a badass. Her and I, her and I are very, very similar. So oh. we bump heads quite a bit. Uh, but she is she is a badass for sure. So, well, she did design this beautiful establishment. Yeah, thank you. So go ahead and share where uh, where people can find you and we all live. And do you have social media website? Yeah. So we are located in uh, historical Trolley Square in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, we are on the back end of the Whole Foods building in uh, Trolley Square. Not as hard to find as I made it out to seem. No. It, <laughs> when you hear, when when I say it that way, you're like, oh, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're here in uh, beautiful Trolley Square. We are open uh, Tuesday through Sunday, closed Mondays. Um, we are a fun, uh, good establishment. We uh, have hardworking employees that have been with me for actually majority of them for quite a long time. Um, and they love taking care of people, and we would love to have uh, you come and check us out. Um, as well, we are on uh, Facebook at We Olive and Wine Bar, and the and sign is what's <laughs> used. Uh, I must clarify that. 
we all of N Wine Bar, Salt Lake City, and then you can find us at at We All of SLC on Instagram. Um, we all are also sponsors of the Downtown Farmers Market held on Saturday mornings and the Liberty Park Farmers Market on Friday evenings. And so we're sponsors of both of those markets, and so you'll see us there um, as well. Uh, yeah, we do. We do a lot of like festivals, like the Italian festival this coming weekend. So you see us out and about in Salt Lake. Um, so highly recommend coming up and uh, talking to us and finding what we're all about. And um, we have a lot of cool like drink special here throughout the week. Um, like I said, we do wine tastings and featured flights. We do beer tasting as well. We got fabulous local beers and ciders. Ooh, we were talking about Mountain, Mountain West. West. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about Mountain West cider earlier and. Uh, uh, if you don't know about them, you definitely should get on that train. Uh, they're great. They get a, sell a great product, and it's ran by just wonderful individuals. And so, yeah, come uh, come visit us and find out what we're all about. It's exciting, and you can also find their um, information in the guest highlight on my Instagram, Sweet. Mommy Wines Podcast. I'll make a little a little promotional post for you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and for all those people that are listening that are not from uh, uh, Utah or Salt Lake and uh, are curious, you can visit our website at uh, weallived.com um, uh, backslash Salt Lake City, um, or if you just Google We All of Salt Lake City, um, you can find out about our olive oils. You can actually buy them online as well um, and find out about the wine bar. And if you ever make a trip to Salt Lake, we'd love to have you come in. We love having uh, out-of-towners. Um, it's a good time. I know. It's almost... Utah's tourist season. It is. <laughs> Which coming is right so up. weird because yeah. they do it in the middle of winter. But. Well, Salt Lake's tourist season. Southern Utah, their their tourist season's ending now. Oh yeah, it is of ending. All the national parks, but yeah, it's weird how those that dynamics gonna, switch. Yeah, <laughs> that means I'm gonna start having guests at my house because <laughs> all the people in Southern Utah are gonna be off work for the winter. There you go. <laughs> But it was great having you. I loved our conversation. And everybody, go uh, share this episode. Give it a like. Make sure to rate and review. And I'll see you next time. Have you tried coffee over cardio yet? If not, I don't think we can be friends. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, if you haven't tried it, I don't know what you're waiting for. I have been seeing reviews blowing up all over my social media feed. Roasted to order, for females, by females, 100% Arabica coffee, win, win, win. Not only will you find the most adorable packages of coffee when you click the link below, but they have tumblers ideal for girls on the go, espresso fit member only exclusive workouts that you can do from anywhere, and a cozy clothing line ideal for a basic bee like me. With fresh roasted flavors like messy bun and birthday cake, this is a coffee lover's dream come true. Go ahead and click the link to check out Coffee Over Cardio today and don't forget to use coupon code 10 Don. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more podcasts brought to you by the Mommy Wines Network, go check out themommywines.com and make sure to subscribe to our email newsletter. More projects are coming soon, and by subscribing, you'll be the first to know when they are released. Did you know that we have a Facebook group? Head over to Facebook and join for fun contests, giveaways, special deals, events, and more. A special thanks to our sponsors, Coffee Over Cardio and Anchor. And don't forget to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
Until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.